mosaic is a, a mosaic creates out of colored glass. A mosaic is a piece of art made of thousands of stones, of hundreds of pieces, glass, clay, and stones placed in a pattern, to laid form. in combination to form one, one collection. collection. This, this is, is mosaic on Maranek Public Radio. Hello, and welcome to Mosaic, where we showcase and dissect Mamaroneck High School student writing. If you have an original poem, short story, essay, or article you want brought to life, or are interested in voicing a piece, email us at mamaronekpublicradio at gmail.com. Today, Roel Jimenez will read his short story, The Blue Blanket, which was originally written this past July. Then we will speak to Roel about his writing process and what inspired him to write this piece. The Blue Blanket by Roel Jimenez. I was never into large family outings, but out of the blue, my sister, my cousins, and several 20-something-year-old relatives dragged me to the city to spend the evening at some bowling alley. We rode the subway for a while and were deposited onto a city street. All around us were hundreds of other people rushing in from all directions, forcing my family into a cluster. I was straggling behind when I noticed something to my right. In the new flood of bodies crossing the street, I spotted a man, presumably in his 40s, with short black hair and a short black mustache, wearing a light blue dress shirt and brown pants. Holding his wrist was most likely his son, a stout kid of maybe eight or nine years old, wearing a bright green shirt and gray shorts. In both of the man's hands was a similarly green baby carriage, holding a toddler wrapped in seatbelts. Dropped across the child's lap was a navy blue blanket with faded red lines zigzagged across the fabric. All of them appear to be Hispanic. A family with a baby would have stood out in a much smaller collection of people, but with such a large quantity of other diverse faces moving in and out of my view, I don't think I would have remembered them were it not for what happened next. The father unable to enter the footpath through the small ramp, took a detour and had to lift the carriage over the curb. However, he did not raise it high enough, and the back wheel hit the stone. The blanket floated out of the baby's hands and onto the floor. The family continued to move in the opposite direction, gaining distance quickly. I had just passed them what had happened, and my first instinct was to pick up the blanket and return it to the father. But when I turned around, my sister told me to keep walking. I took a few steps towards the blanket, only to bump into some people, and now my whole family had told me to catch up. I tried to locate the father, but he had already rounded the bend and melded into the crowd. Now the strangers were noticing me. In my desperation to find him, my sister grabbed my arm and pulled me back into our little circle, and reluctantly, I kept walking. All of this happened in the span of five seconds, but the experience hung over my head for the next six hours I spent in that bowling alley. The main thing I thought of was the butterfly effect that would come from the family losing that blanket. Maybe the baby had a Linus-like connection with the blanket and would cry into the night, the father having no way to calm him down. Perhaps the family was living modestly and could not afford to buy another blanket for that baby, and he would be freezing when temperatures dropped. Or maybe it was just a blanket, pulled out of a closet among dozens of others, and the father wouldn't even realize it was missing. My brain always enjoyed telling narratives, but I had so little information to figure out what their situation was. Still, I had a few ideas. My most 
prominent theory was that they were coming from or to some gathering, probably a family affair, since he wasn't wearing a tie and had brought along his two sons for one of three reasons. One, it was important for his kids to see their relatives. Two, who wouldn't want to show off an adorable baby to their relatives. And three, that's also what my family did when I was the oldest kid's age. I won't say that all Hispanic families are tightly knit and constantly interacting, but mine certainly is. Yet even with all that speculation, the result was the same. That blanket and that baby were separated. Even if I felt awful about what happened, I couldn't fix it. I had nothing but a passing glance, no name, no address, no leads to track them down, and return this potentially valuable garment. I had done nothing and could do nothing, so worrying about that would not help me feel better. My family had already bought me bowling shoes, and we were now being taken to a room to start a competition between the millennials and the teenagers. So I shoved down my shame because I knew I should try enjoying the thing that I was here to do. Ultimately, I had a nice night, though I did terribly for my team, contributing a measly score of 32 points. Thankfully, none of my family acknowledged that humiliation as we left. As we exited, my other relatives talking or on their phones, I felt as if I had walked into an alternate reality. The street that used to be bustling on a bright day was now empty and dark, exposing the excessive amounts of dry leaves and trash. As I scanned this new wasteland... Among the rubble was the blanket. Its position hadn't changed. Too heavy for the low and loud wind to blow away. The cloth bore imprints of several shoes carrying various kinds of dirt and filth in a collage of the people it had crossed paths with. The blanket was almost flat against the floor, except for the right corner, dog-eared by someone's foot. Worst of all, a green shopping bag was hooked onto one of the blanket's strings as if to further establish the item's new status as trash and as something discarded. When we passed it this time, I felt terrible not just for the baby, but for the blanket itself. Hundreds, maybe thousands of people had approached and ignored the blanket, some so much that they stepped on it. Even though its owner was long gone, not a single one of them had thought, who left this lying in the street? I should take this somewhere it can be put to good use, or at the very least, I should take this out of the way, someone could trip on it. One bump in the road and that blanket had gone from being in the loving hands of a child to no better than any other piece of loose litter. Maybe the baby knew what had happened to it, but he most likely wouldn't remember. Only I knew the blanket's story, regardless of whatever led up to it. After that, I got back on the subway, then into my dad's car, where he gasped in shock upon learning of my low bowling score. Then I went home. It's been a year since that happened, and there is one thing I ask myself whenever I look back on that experience. Why do I still care? To everyone else on that street, the blanket was just a blanket. It was a sequence of blue and red threads, sewn together in a factory, and then sold in a store like the millions of others that existed in the world. It was in the past. I had no reason to care about what I could have done. Sometimes I curse the father for missing that curb and putting this burden on my mind. Sometimes I wonder if that blanket is still lying in the street. Sometimes I wonder how much of that baby's pain could have been prevented had I just done the decent thing. In hindsight, the consequences were obvious to me. If I had persisted, then the crowd would have cut me off from my family. 
I would have picked up the blanket and searched the crowd for the father. I would snake through gaps in that enormous crowd while shouting, Excuse me, sir, you dropped this, praying that the father would know I was talking to him specifically. I would probably bump into a few people, maybe piss off one or two, but eventually I would make it there since the guy wasn't running. I'd approach him, holding out the blanket and restating my earlier claim. I don't know what the father's response would be, but he'd most likely take the blanket, toss it back in the baby's lap, and resume walking. Lastly, I would reunite with my family, and I'd maybe get chastised for wandering off. From there, this situation would be out of my control. The father could have been annoyed that he had to stop for something so small, or relieved he didn't have to look for another child-sized blanket. Or he could have just done the same thing on another curb, rendering my efforts pointless. Unfortunately, none of that happened. And now I had that image of a wounded blanket decaying in the street, unable to bring comfort to that baby. All in all, I did nothing because it would have inconvenienced me, my family, and the people I may have run into. But that blanket would have been returned to its rightful position. That baby would have a blanket again. It could have been the blanket that he was wrapped in while at the maternity ward, or a prized family heirloom given to every newborn in that family's bloodline. Or it could have been something to keep him warm in the frigid city winters. Regardless, it'd be back to providing some good to the world. And that seemed like a fair price for testing a couple of strangers' patience. If it objectively cost me so little to do it, then maybe when a similar situation comes, I should accept those caveats. Hi, Ro. Hi. So, can you tell us a bit about your writing process and what inspired this piece? The events that I wrote about in this story happened a while ago. Since then, I've gone on to write other projects, come up with other ideas, and do other things. But every now and then, often times when I'm trying to go to sleep and have nothing else to think about, my brain circles back to this story. And the biggest thing that led me to writing this story is, why do I still care? You know, we've all messed up because of inaction, insecurity, or all our brain cells just collectively fizzle out at a moment of truth. But we move on from that, because it happens way too often, and if I felt bad about everything I've ever done wrong, I'd never do anything right. So I made this piece as a way to show how I'd taken this mistake and re-examined it now, and I'd had two years of time and guilt to consider them. And kind of unintentionally, I've been trying to make up for the issue every day. It's really interesting how this has stuck with you. Could you speak to the symbolism of the blanket and what it meant to you? I'm not sure if there is any symbolism for the blanket. That's kind of the whole point of the story. My small decision to not return it to that family could have lasting consequences or none at all depending on their situation. If the family had no other blankets or it had great sentimental value, then it'd be a big deal. If it was just a cheap piece of fabric bought at a thrift shop, then I'd feel dumb for feeling bad about it. But the fact of the matter is that I don't know and I never will. Seeing it all trampled and destroyed made me sad because it solidified for me that the blanket could never be returned and that a butterfly effect of some unknown magnitude was happening as a result. As I walk away from that experience, I accept that the blanket was just a blanket and regardless of its value, returning it was important. I think it's really cool that you explored the different possibilities of the blanket and what it might mean to the family throughout the piece. You mentioned family throughout the piece, both in regards to your own life 
and that of the baby, as well as its importance to Hispanic culture. What does family mean to you, and why does it matter to you? The same notes that I made about the blanket I could make about the family, except the possibilities for them are even grander. There was a dad. Does he have a wife or a husband or other kids or a job? What about the baby? Was it going to need that blanket or the other son? Was he a brother, a cousin, a kid being babysat? Where were they going? Where had they come from? What could they do upon realizing the blanket was gone? Why did they not come back to look for it? Did they fail or just not care? The only thing I can learn from them came from their physical appearance, because a conversation isn't needed to figure those out. I noticed that the father and the son looked similar, and so I assumed their relationship. I noticed that the guy had a Hispanic skin tone, and without trying to sound racist, you could make a couple guesses about what they might have been doing. I drew the conclusion that they might have come from a family gathering because of their casually formal clothes, and family is a big part of Hispanic culture. But that's really all I have to work with. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure out exactly how much damage I might have caused and exactly how much I'd hurt them so I could understand how guilty I should feel. And trying to find something in those characteristics was a part of it. Ultimately, it didn't matter because whether that family was Hispanic, white, rich, or poor, I should help and everyone should try to because we really don't know how much someone might need it. I can definitely tell that you're very empathetic and caring. You care about other people and how your actions could impact them. I think that's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mosaic. Again, if you have an original poem, short story, essay, or article you want brought to life or are interested in voicing a piece, email us at americpublicradio at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next time. <laughs>